Hustle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Friday to you and welcome inside the Property Squad Studios of WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, good morning. It's uh, it's another chilly morning, but hey, I heard it's not going to be as cold. It's not as cold this morning as it will be in the morning. I heard it could get down into the 30s and, uh, and get there. They're close to freezing tonight. Yeah, the rumor is if you do not cover up the tomato plants, you've wasted your time. <laughs> well, we want to do that. We don't want to waste those maters. We don't believe in redos. Do it once, do it right. We hope. We hope. I mean, in this business right here, Boone, we only get one shot. We just we kind of got to roll with it, get get at it as, as we can. But, but Boone, pretty good show today. I'm uh, going to talk a little bit about uh, this, this interesting article, uh, kind of – it, it's interesting when it, you know, the, the meaning of it and what we've been doing the last few weeks. Blunt County's best football players, 1960 to 1990, released uh, by the Daily Times' Kent Johnson uh, here on May the 6th. Uh, what, what caught my eye, Boone, and, and I feel like we may have some listeners that I wasn't aware of. Uh, I say that because, one, they're talking about the same things we've been talking about the last month, month and a half, in the fact that we're talking about the – the Blunt County lineage, the, the the greatness that's come through Blunt County, the the good players that's played at all these high schools that that at this point have been consolidated. Uh, you, you know the the Porter High Schools, the Lanier, the Friendsville, uh, all those high schools are now being represented. And the reason I think I've got something there, Boone, is the front page picture of said greatest teams. Has a has a certain Bobby Boone on the back row with a full head of hair. That's Bobby Boucher, the water boy. Yeah, whatever, whatever. You center, you front, you're uh, well, you're back in center, but you're uh, you're right there in the middle, in the mix with all of it. That's a that's the '89 team on the on the cover there, and that's uh, that's arguably uh, thought of as as the best team to ever come out of Blount County. Well. The fact that we got the 24th ranking in USA Today, I think, had a lot to do with it. I was glancing at that picture, and it was amazing how many players I thought, oh, I've seen you play in Neyland Stadium. Oh, second guy, third guy, fourth guy. Oh, but I thought the, you was going to say, I've seen you go into the Blount County Hall of Fame. I've seen you go into the Blount County Hall of Fame. Yeah, we could have done that too. But uh, great article Kent Johnson did. I, I liked his two points on the, the second page. It gives uh, something to the fact that it gives the folks a chance to relive some good times. You know, that actually makes you uh, you appear younger. Every time you like have that spontaneous emotion where you're just overjoyed and you're reliving it, it makes you uh, not age so quickly. The other thing was uh, giving others the opportunity to learn about the great players we have. And certainly uh, 
I think we started that with bringing Jack Lane in here. Some oh, of these other guys. Absolutely. Uh, I've I realized one on this list that uh, I'm going to push to to try to get in here, and I'll uh, I'll let that be the surprise that when it happens. But but uh, I thought it was a great intro to the to the article. He talks about you know a lot of people know Blunt County now. I mean Alcoa doesn't sneak up on people anymore. Maryville doesn't sneak up on people anymore. And, and talking about you know in the last you know since 1969 since the playoff era of high school football began, uh, Blunt County has 30 36 state championships. Uh, to be claimed. But what they don't remember, they don't remember some of those great Lanier teams. They don't remember some of those great other teams. Uh, talking about, They talk about Heritage's 9-1 in the mid-'80s, deep playoff run there. Uh, they talk about, you know, the 75 Wallen State Championship, which we talked about uh, Wednesday before this article came out. But, uh, but uh, you know, I think, I think it's an opportunity to spotlight a lot of guys uh, especially uh, guys that are in their 70s. You know, big Al Davis, he's he's tops on the list. This list isn't numerically numbered, uh, but Al Davis is the first one on the list, and I, I don't think that's by chance. Anyone with, with that. You see who number two on the list is, don't you? It's not number two, but he's the second name listed. Number 44, Maribel High yeah. School. <laughs> they ran the. Or number 50 at the University of Tennessee. Triple option. <laughs> I, th- I think that Mr. Spradlin is a uh, you know we've talked to him some and and hope to have him in in the next few weeks but uh, you know arguably those are those are those are the that's tier one of Blunt County sports if you look at it in that rate you know because Al's going to say there's probably better players than him and and Danny's going to say we know he he has said now nah, there's there's better players I I'd like to think I'm pretty good but there's better players that's come through here so I think it gives these you know especially you know especially guys like me. Like this article was great for me because I've been in Blount County four years. I've I've invested a lot in trying to learn some of this stuff, but this is a one stop shop for for a thirty year period that I wasn't here. Exactly. And so, so it's a really good time uh, to look. It talks about a lot of these these great guys like Al, Albert Davis. I think it's funny they did they call him Al Davis for a long time or was it Albert Davis? I've always called him Big Al Albert Davis. That's been the it, way I've heard it. It was Albert Davis. Uh, when you when you heard the word Al, you were thinking of uh, little Al. But uh, yeah, it was Albert. Albert proved that a man could actually be that big and run that fast. The article talks about people's eyes widening, and uh, I certainly, uh, when I was teaching our superintendent, was Albert's coach, uh, Coach Bailey, and oh, he could tell you some stories. You just get totally lost in time and. I like the article. It said he, he talked to a gentleman that was in his 70s about Al Davis. He said Albert Davis, he said he could watch his eyes get wide as he talked about the player that was Tennessee's version of Herschel Walker. That's the way they, they explain him here. And the reason no one else gets to wear number 32 at Alcoa, it helped Tornado fans remember when Shannon Mitchell's Super Bowl game for the San Diego Chargers, Billy Williams, catch against Kingston. You talk about that one before. And then uh, George Parker's running. The Love Brothers, Willie Lundy, uh, his speed, and Lester, uh, is it Whitted or Whited? Lester Whitted, one of the absolute greatest athletes I have ever seen. He could he played quarterback for us. He played flanker. We could put him in the backfield. He, would, uh, he could dunk at will. Just uh, so much God-given talent in his 
pleasure to watch him move on the field. Yeah, and and again, you, you, if you want a Cliff Notes edition of this article, I, I'm not I'm not trying to plug it, but go back and listen to Wednesday's show. The next part said if you in Wallen they took pride in their Indian football uh, with the Dalton gang, Compton brothers, Ken Cochran and Kent Ro- Roberts leading the way. We talked about Benny Dalton. We talked about a lot of those guys right there just on Wednesday with Jack Lane. I Jack will tell you we we dreaded playing Wallen because. They would bring in three backs, and then the very next play they'd bring in three more, and the next play they'd bring in three backs, and you're going, dang, how many backs they got anyway? Oh, and by the way, that's fresh bodies coming at me. I never go off the field, and but uh, Jack uh, Renfro was onto something there. He was ahead of his time, and Wayno, did you see the part in there? Um, in '69, only four teams got to go to the playoffs. Yeah. And then in the 70s, they just really went beyond themselves. And they're like, ooh, we're going to let eight teams in the playoffs. But can you imagine how difficult it would it would, would have been at that time to be one of the four? Oh, absolutely. No, And, and no classification, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those deals. It, it put a lot on uh, the smaller skills, schools. I think that that's what, you know, you, you look at, 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 you know, for the most part, there were three classifications uh, earlier on, I think. But, yeah, it's just uh, you had to be really, I guess, in the, the top tier as far as state rankings. And if you stayed there several, several weeks, they're like, oh, here's our uh, four we're going to the playoffs with. Yeah, and I think that's what speaks, you know, volumes to the to those Porter girls basketball teams. You know, we talk about those things, too. Uh, you, you know, they had multiple uh, girls' state championships, record-breaking streaks, uh, and, and all that for for Porter, but also you know you look just down the road in Townsend and Tommy Cochran and and his big times in the seventies was getting it done. I played against uh, Tommy Cochran, uh, low center gravity, broad shoulders, tough to tackle. Uh, the the lead just went back and forth and back and forth, and uh, he was uh, Thomas Worthington was certainly a great quarterback. Now, the Hall of Fame needs to get uh, Jerry Myers. They need to get to work and get that, some Townsend people in there. Jerry Myers, uh, tailback. Kenny Myers, fullback, played with me at Maryville College. Lee Horner, oh, my gosh. Quarterback for Townsend, point guard on the basketball team. He could light you up 40 points in a basketball game. Coach Pageant had him, but uh, so many good players. You could just go on and on. I thought it was cool how they how they introduced Lanier. Did you see did you see that in the article? It said in the south part of the county, the sons of tobacco farmers took the field for Lanier and produced such stars as two time state scoring champion Jack Lane, UT lineman Larry Satterfield, Vernon Daly, Michael Johnson, and record breaking running back Buster Smith. Like it don't, that that's poetry right there. That's that's smooth. Yeah, I, I got to leave practice. I, I got to go home and put up some backer. <laughs> my dad wants me to help do some backer there, and <laughs> my grandfather. But oh, yeah, there. Uh, Buster, uh, ironically, Buster led the state in scoring after Jack did it twice, and uh, it was it was like Earl told us. It, it was really sad for us. We had that run into the playoffs, all excited about Buster, and then. Uh, consolidation happens buster wanted to kind of stay with his coaches there and 
he ended up going to uh, another school, and the former coaches he had went to Blunt. But Buster, he was amazing on the field. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know that's the that's the downside of consolidation. But Friendsville uh, had some some well known basketball teams, players like De- David Evans, Charlie Conley, Sean Amons, Ammons, uh, Ronnie Phelps stood out on the gridiron for Friendsville. Yeah, Charlie Conley, you just watched him run. Perfectly well-paced, effortless. Uh, he could have easily played at UT. Just uh, I admired Charlie. Uh, gave me several headaches. <laughs> Brian Moody was an outstanding player there at Friendsville. Uh, they, they talked about, you know, Lanier and Friendsville in the 60s had some some super great teams and, and but it was the the whole state playoffs and 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 the way it ended you, you know it didn't leave a whole lot of margin for any error you know at, at that level of a school it's a small uh, smaller school you, you almost had to be perfect to get that opportunity at the state level what was uh of course jack uh jack's last year was 65 what was sad, though, is a bunch of those Friendsville and Lanier teams, I'm sure, had a chance at being one of the four should they have done the playoffs, but they didn't start that until five So did years. they did they just name a state champion at that time, or, or was there such a thing, or did you just play ten games and you were done? Uh, you, I think you had your you, – you played your ten games, and then uh, typically you were invited to a bowl game. Just some, just some cross, you know, cross yeah, conference uh, game kind of deal. Jack played uh, a lot of times. He'd play a bowl game at like Maryville College. Um, now, Maryville was considered state champion '64, so they would have like you know the, the ranking, and uh, we'll have to check with Jack on that to be sure. But apparently, if you were just kind of ranked and stayed ranked, you were you were there. Had that opportunity. As, but what's really? But it was one. It was one state champion. There wasn't single A, double A, triple A, all that stuff. You really, you really wanted to see the playoff because you had an idea of, of which teams were going to be the state champ, and then uh, they didn't even get to be included in that playoff and try to upset somebody. But uh, oh, I'll tell you, the in my my short experiences here, last couple of years being a part of Blount County, you know, whether it was you know last year with Maryville or, or the year before with Alcoa. When it kicks playoff time, it's a different season. I mean, it's it's cool. You've won ten games. If you lose, if you lose from here on out, it don't matter about them last ten. And 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 Larry Hedrick, I give him give him this prop right here. Um, I looked at him. Um, we were we were we were at home and we were walking across the field getting ready for a football game. And he's like, "You guys getting ready? Getting set up?" And we'd already set up. We were just kind of walking around, kind of getting a feel uh, for the game and and what have you. And uh, he says, he says we got a whole nother season about to start. And I went, what do you mean? He said we got we got five more games. Season number it, two. It was week ten of the regular season. I went, somebody's. Con-. I was I loved it. Somebody's confidence because the thing is, is and and as you as you live in in this and you 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 build into it. You understand that it's not a confidence. It's not cocky. It's an expectation. <laughs> it's a it's a level of 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 achievement that nobody else in this state can say. As far as Blunt County, I'm not I'm not just hitting the Maryville. I'm saying Alcoa as well. Uh, you you look across the the bow, 
And this is these are teams that I I don't think either one of them has not been playing on on uh, practicing on Good Friday in this century. I don't think many of them have uh, ha- have not seen Cookville in some way, shape, or form. Whether you came back with a, with a gold or a silver, you were down there to do something. And so I I just man, it just you look down this list and there's a lot of greatness talked about uh, that that is just just kind of untold. And so we'll, we'll uh, we're gonna we're gonna take some of these names and try to dig around and get some one on ones with these guys. I think we got some of them in the works. We got one of them knocked. We only got 49 to go, but one of them's done clicked right on off, Mr. Jack Lane, and we're hoping to have him back uh, for round two here shortly. But Wayne, what you can't believe is the number of really good athletes that I've known who weren't even on the list. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, did you notice how competitive Maryville and Alcoa were? The first team to win two football titles was Maryville because they – in the decade of the 70s. Of course, it started in 69 because they won 70 and 76. But then you turn around and you say, well, who was the first team to uh, have a three-peat? Well, it was Alcoa because they won uh, 77, 78, and 79. But Alcoa, Maribel's like 1-0, one state championship. Then they were 2-0, and Alcoa's kind of sitting there. Then all of a sudden, Maribel's up 2-1 on Alcoa state championships. And then Maryville's up 3-2 to because they won it in 70, 76, and 78. And then Alcoa wins it in 77, 78, and 79, and they're tied 3-3. to They're they're just so competitive. It's like, I am not going to allow you to have one brag on me. Uh, and it's amazing, Wayne Uncles, right now, what is it, one state championship difference? And it's, Yes, Alcoa's it's up. 50 years later. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it's just it's been it's been a lot of good fortune, a lot of good coaching, but it's been a lot, a really a, a ton of really good players, just guys that that want to come in and work and do their job, and 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 then you you get a you, you know you get a Randall Cobb peppered in there, you get an Aaron Douglas peppered in there periodically, it never hurts anything. So I think there's been some really great players come through both of those schools. But I thought this article was really great. Again, we're not we're not like scaling it and picking it apart. But they also talk about Hall High School, the Blue Devils. I remember two years ago, Alcoa actually wore throwback Hall High School jerseys, and they talked to Albert Davis at halftime. Great, great opportunity to hear from from one of the Blunt County legends. It was great to see uh, those jerseys, those uniforms rolled back out there one more time, and uh, and you know you could just sense. There was there was pride in those jerseys, but there was also pride in that Alcoa team. So that Alcoa team went on to win the state championship. But well, you know what's weird is uh, we, if families did not move so much, we almost had Lynn Swan. He was born in Alcoa, the Steelers' famous receiver. Wouldn't that have been something if he would have stayed in Alcoa and played at Alcoa High School? Right, right. You know, it's and the problem is with any greatness situations, you also have those what ifs. You know, you know, there's a lot of guys probably that 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 were great early, had some injuries, and and it and it took it away from them. So it's just that speaks to to how how deep uh, the county was at that time. But talk a little bit about heritage. Heritage jumped out to early success shortly after it was formed, and had a really nice string of playoff runs in the '80s, including a two point loss to the eventual state champion in '86. I think that's Earl's. Earl's discussion yeah. there that we had with him. Earl's right in there coaching. The Mountaineers were known for the toughness of players such as Mark Dunn, Mike Hedrick, and Neil Atchley, 
but they also included incredible all-around athletes like Lee Hedrick, Danny Mathis, and Clint Bowling. Now, we had Danny's brother in here. You know that, right? Yeah, Barry. Yep. Sure enough. Uh, William Blunt's first season was 1979. We talked about that after consolidation. Uh, after call, closing the small community high schools, Lanier and, and Porter, right? And Friendsville? Lanier, Which ones came together? Lanier, Porter, and uh, Friendsville became William Blunt. Everett, Townsend, and Wallen became Heritage. Awesome. But it said Tony Robinson became the school's first real football star and fullback Junior Tillett. We work with Junior Tillett, by the way. Uh, Junior T- Tillett's 1990 game versus Maryville may still be the best single game by a Gov in school history. On the defensive side, linebackers Scott Satterfield, Jimbo Williams uh, made their presence known uh, with thunderous collisions in that game versus the Rebels. Junior Tillett, uh, Junior Tillett's a good dude. Like I don't, I don't know if you know Junior very much or remember him uh, from the from the '90s, but. Uh, I'd like to get him in there because I think I think it's very possible and and he's a humble dude because I didn't know this, I had to do some digging to get this stuff out. So I didn't I saw that and didn't make the connection. But uh, putting together a group of respected individuals with a wealth of knowledge about Blunt County helped to get this article put together. They talked to you, Boone? No, uh, you sure? I fit. I they might have been listening here and they did talk to you and they you indirectly didn't even know it. I fit the graying, uh, the graying part there with the headline. If if they wanted to come, that, they might couldn't have found you. They might have looked for you, looking for all that hair, and it just just, just couldn't find it. Yeah, if if they would have talked to me, Wayno, I would have told them about a, a young man I coached. I looked up at Neyland Stadium. He was out there, outside linebacker, lined up for Mississippi State. He was a tailback. And uh, what was his name? Well, his name was Tyrus Gilmore. We would. We were very fortunate. There were a lot of games we would win, win like fifty-four to six. He he scored multiple multiple touchdowns. Georgia came calling, and we didn't know that Shannon Mitchell was going to choose them. They were up there scouting away, and uh, I think uh, Coach Fulmer went with Vaughn Reeves, the big tight end mm. from Austin East. Yeah, and uh, Shannon was like, "Well, you know what? I'll just go to Georgia and start four years at tight end." Shannon was unbelievable, and uh, they were kind of scouting him out there and feeling how they're going to go with him. And the assistant coach ran up to me, Wayno, and he said, Coach Boone, Coach Boone, tell me about this guy. Tell me about this guy. I said, You better hold off on him. Oh, what's the deal? I said, Well, he's a freshman. <laughs> Tyrus was like 6'2, 190 as a, a true freshman. He, he was just tall, all muscle. I said, uh, check back on him in about three years, guys. That was funny. <laughs> let's uh, let's as we close out this topic. Let's run down these top fifty. I'll say the name, the high school they come from, and then over maybe over the next few weeks, we'll try to get some of these guys in here. But also, maybe we'll try to try to dig up a couple each week uh, that weren't on this list, but obviously could have very well been on this list. This is not in any particular order. Uh, this is just listed as fifty great Blunt County players. Uh, that they they listed of of their panel that they went with. But we'll go through it. Albert Davis, Alcoa, Danny Spradlin, Maryville High School, Shannon Mitchell Sr., Alcoa High School, Larry Satterfield, Lanier High School, Tommy Beaver, Maryville High School, David Davis, Alcoa High School, Jack Lane, Lanier High School, Benny Dalton, Wallen Indian, Larry Johnston, Maryville Rebel, Melvin 
Love, Hall High School, Tim George, Alcoa High School, C.A. Houston, Hall High School, Paul Sundreth, Hall High School, Ed Stennett, Maryville High School, Steve Cobble, Alcoa High School, Butch Cochran, Alcoa High School, Tommy Houston, Maryville High School, Tommy Johnson, or Tony Houston, Maryville High School, Tommy Johnson, Maryville High School, John Moscript, Maryville High School, Ronnie Phelps, Friendsville, James Allison, Maryville High School, Stephen Dockery, Everett, uh, David Evans, Friendsville, Danny Maples, Everett, Steve Compton, Walland, Ricky Maples, Maryville, Dave Compton, Walland, Mike Castile, Maryville, and then went to the University of Tennessee, Mike Brackett, Porter, Pat Brackett, Porter, Troy Bowman, Maryville, Kent Roberts, Walland, Ricky Kenny, Everett, Todd Upton, Alcoa, George Parker, Alcoa, Buster Smith, Lanier, Mitch Love, Alcoa, Tony Robinson, William Blunt, T.J. Miles, Maryville, Tommy Cockrum, Townsend, Troy Hodge, Maryville, Willie Lundy, Alcoa, Mark Dunn, Heritage, Lester Whitted, Alcoa, Scott Satterfield, William Blunt, Danny Mathis, Heritage, Billy Williams, Alcoa, Chad Smith, Alcoa, Lee Hedrick at Heritage, and Junior Tillett, William Blunt, Governors. That's a, that's a pretty good list. It's hard to leave a bunch of those guys off the list because you realize this guy signed at UT, this well, guy well, started at UT. Well, you're sitting there, and, you know, I think you make a really good point. There's a ton of guys, I guarantee, that could have been on this list, but it's who do you kick off? And then if those guys that you're thinking of were on the list, who do you kick off? I mean, it, it's it's it, that's why it's a subjective list. That's why it makes it a really good talking point. But I think it's a really comprehensive list. I think it's, went, it's spanned the 30 years that it tried to do. And honestly – uh, when you've got 50 names down and you pretty much feel like you could put a few more on there, that just speaks to the depth of Blunt County. That's that's a really fun topic to talk about. Maribel High School had a big defensive lineman. His name was Doyle Satterfield. Bear Bryant wanted him so bad he, he, he could just feel it. And uh, Doyle, Doyle was just a force on defensive line. You were not going to block him. He was going to just eat the quarterback live. But uh, I, I played with a guy – Brett Googe was the defensive player in the Foothills Conference and uh, all county, and there it would really be interesting, you know, to see fifty-one to seventy-five, because Blount County is just loaded in I only mean, a thirty-year period. I mean, we might have to put it together, Boone. We might. It could happen. Hey, let's take us a quick break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, a article that came out yesterday: Jeremy Pruitt, top twenty-five coach heading into the fall. Is he? And who's around him? We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming, WKBL.com. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At Rule King, we live, love, and embrace a rural lifestyle. We want to thank our customers for working with us to keep promoting, preserving, and protecting the rural lifestyle. 
our promise to you is to continue working hard to give the best price, quality, and service every day while improving our new shopping options like buying online at RuleKing.com and picking up at the store. Thank you for shopping your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. We just wound down 50 great players from Blunt County, and now we're going to jump in a little bit over to Knox. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Jeremy Pruitt and his placement on a 247 article uh, that has him listed as a top 25 coach heading into fall camp into into the 2020 season Boone I guess what kills me on this deal is is week three of the season heading into week three we didn't know if you know people were writing Jeremy Pruitt off that he may not be in Knoxville in 2020 and now going into it the 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 Kool-Aid is being poured and drank and Jeremy Pruitt's a top 20 coach eight months ago he was 0-2 my, how times change, and a lot of times from one day to another. But, 
Yeah, that that's a big jump around. But you know what they say, Wayno, uh, character is formed in times of crises. <laughs> Well, I, I think I, I think he's not uh, he's not short on experience or exposure uh, on both ends of the spectrum now, and and so we'll see necessarily how this shakes out. So looking at it, of course, no, there's no there's no uh, there's no shame in, in who's number one, two, and three. It's Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney, Ed Orgeron tops the list, but down around uh, the twenty five mark. Because again, I'm I'm interested in who Jeremy Pruitt is ahead of. Because I just think that's always an interesting point. And he's ahead of Mike Leach, Mississippi State. Again, first-year guy. I think that's that's probably a little heavy voting for Mike Leach, honestly, at Mississippi State. Because I think his his way of doing things versus what he took over is going to take some time uh, to flip that switch. And he's never been a, uh, a turnkey winner, if that makes sense. He's always needed a few years to build what he needs to do there. Kyle Whittingham at Utah, an established coach. Uh, there at Utah, he's at 24. Gary Patterson, TCU Horn Frogs lead guy at 23. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern is 22, and Jeremy Pruitt sits at 21. And he said, "We're currently in the midst." Barton, who wrote the article, said, "We're currently in the midst of the Tennessee recruiting flurry, but I'm not letting that cloud judge cloud my judgment on the guy with 13 career wins as the head coach. What he has more optimis- optimism in." is the way he's coming to those wins. It looks like Pruitt's building Tennessee to last. He's recruited at a high level in the right places. He seems to be building a team with a foundation. And when success comes, it won't just be a flash in the pan. The disciplined approach to the roster building uh, will pay off. I thought that was a that's a key phrase that people need to remember. Building and built to last. Those things are, are things that uh, that don't – don't necessarily that's not a light switch moment. That's not a turnkey situation. You've got to you've got to build. It takes it takes some time. And and obviously this guy thinks Jeremy Pruitt's coming into his own. Do you believe that? Thirteen and twelve record. I, I was looking at those phrases and and I was thinking, what did he see that really just knocked him out of the water on this? And you mentioned it, building that solid foundation. He he likes the way that he puts things in place, apparently, and obviously he's he's done a little bit of the homework. And he uh, this linebacker, you and I were talking about him, his name is Lewis, right? Yeah. And then when, when we get Lewis, the, the pieces just fell, bam, 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 like six and seven after that. He's kind of uh, – I feel like Jeremy Pruitt steering the ship – from just crashing into an iceberg, the Titanic, to the, all those wins in a row had a big take on this, don't you, Wayne? Oh, absolutely. I think I, I think you know not to coin well, yes to coin uh, a Neil and Maxim. He started putting on more steam. You know, he was he was not. You know, when breaks don't go your way, you know, you kind of got to make your own breaks. And I thought he did that in in kind of just culturally locking things down and saying, "Listen, this is what we're about. This is what we're going to do." Then it became okay. We lost. We lost, we kind of got closer, but we still lost. And then here comes Tennessee, and they roar back and win seven of their last eight on a seven, a six-game win streak, seven of the last eight, I believe. Counting the bowl game, yeah. yes. And, and and the thing is, is is momentum is a thing. And momentum leads into recruiting. Momentum leads into to hard practices in the fall. Momentum leads into winning early. And and I think Jeremy Pruitt, they're they're looking at him. He's on a pit. He's on a peak. 
Now, there's as much chance he rolls back down the hill as he goes to the next level. But the thing is, is you got to get where you're at before you can ever go forward. So I, I think I, I think it's a big step for Jeremy Pruitt. Him being on this list doesn't win us seven ball games. Wayne, were, were you not totally amazed by the number of coaches who are on a bubble and they're either going to go up and really, really be recognized like P.J. Fleck? Uh I counted him. Oh, here's another one. I must have counted five or six guys on this top 25 list. And if 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 we do get to the fall, we're all in unison. We're playing enough yeah. games to have conference competition. It's going to be so interesting. Fleck is – I mean, he's this fake enthusiasm. He's almost a butch- – You think it's fake? Well – Like, I mean, I thought it was when he was at Western Michigan. But, Lord, if it's fake – uh, he's he's running some high octane fuel through that thing because it just it's keeps one running. Of, it's one of two things: it's fake enthusiasm, or he's drinking three energy drinks right before he runs out there. It's just kickoff. hard. But I will say, I mean, Western Michigan, you can you can win some games and get a big job. But he he won at Western Michigan, got a job at at Minnesota, and and I'm not I mean I'm not splitting hairs. And if there's Minnesota fans out there, I apologize. But he literally took over for a program that couldn't keep a coach on the sideline. It was a dumpster fire. It was a it was a train wreck. And and honestly, you know Tennessee's been in some bad shape, but it's still Tennessee. There's still a there's still a reverence for Tennessee in Southeastern Conference football. He went in and won at Minnesota. So honestly, the used car salesman tag came off of him when he uh, when he won big at, at Minnesota this past year. So well, you can't you can't deny it. Here here's one that I saw on this list that if I'm a if I'm a Big Ten powerhouse fan like I like uh like Michigan fans seem to want to be their coach is 18 and he gets paid a lot of money Jim Harbaugh sits at 18 at Michigan do you know when he came in he was the top five? Oh, absolutely but even the, probably two years ago he's probably top five or expected to be top five the shine the golden boy there is no longer a shine on this guy I mean, remember all those camps he was doing? And well, borderline illegal and oh, the satellite camps. Yeah, get, getting closest to the hotbeds, rich, fertile grounds, recruiting. But I'm not a Harbaugh fan. Are you? Well, I was when he was at Stanford, and I kind of liked what he did with the Niners. But since he's been to Michigan, honestly, he's gotten more odd. Like if you ever listen to an interview, like I, I don't know who he's talking to because he's looking like off in the distance, but. You know, he's gotten more odd. He hasn't been able to beat Ohio State, no matter who the coach is, whether it's Ryan Day, Urban Meyer, et cetera. And, and to me, you can he's, say whatever you want to he's about He's lost four straight bowl games. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can believe it. Uh, but I will say, you know, because let's be honest, with ten wins in three of his five seasons in Ann Arbor, he's not a loser. But the problem is, is – if you if you won nine games but one of them's Ohio State, to me in that realm, that's a bigger season. The he the reason everyone got so excited is because of his resume from the NFL and he was very impressive with 49ers. We all expected from day one he's gonna come in here and kick Urban Myers, but he can't compete against them. No, I mean it's it's terrible. What do you what do you think about Mark Stoops sitting at fifteen? Do you think that's a little high for him? Like, I think he's done a really nice job at Kentucky. I think he had a team the last couple of years that had a lot of seniors on it that had, had some really good players like Lynn Bowden and had, uh, what was it, Josh Allen the previous year, that defensive end that, oh, that, that went in the first round. That outside linebacker. 
Yeah, he you know he went in the first round. Then Lynn Bowden went went in the draft this year. I look for Kentucky to possibly take a take a step back. I'm not saying a step to the to the negative. I'm just saying they may they may pump the brakes and stay in neutral right here this year. I, I don't see that they've got a ton of just killers coming up. And uh, and honestly, I think I think Mark Stoops a good developer, so that maybe they're better than we we give them credit for. But uh, I thought 15 was pretty pretty high for a Kentucky coach. He's probably the first Kentucky coach to be on one of these lists they, in, they in a couple at, of decades. They looked at Kentucky's resume in the past, not impressive. You have to go back to Jerry Claiborne, who was a Bear Bryant disciple, coached with him in Maryland. But they, like you said, they looked at these uh, NFL draft picks, and they thought, oh, man. And I think Wayno also – Early on, it was like, oh, Kentucky does not even have a chance. They don't even have a quarterback. They got a wide receiver out there. And what does he do? He takes them to a bowl game. Uh, this is one of those teams where he he's either going to ease up there, maintain, or drop to like 25 after this year. This is an important year for him. What do you think? Like the only one that I'm I'm probably in question about in the top 10 entirely, Brian Kelly sits at 10 and, and – if you if you see one of these top twenty five lists and Notre Dame's not in it, then you've probably seen a bad list because I mean they're just that that's going to be a staple. You might as well call it the top twenty four and Notre Dame. Uh, but Brian Kelly at ten doesn't bother me. I mean he's 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 recouped the troops a little bit. He's went to a national championship game. He's got them back. He's he's been near playoff ready a couple times. So I, I'll give him credit for that. But what about Jimbo Fisher at number nine? To me, Jimbo is a good coach, but top 10 coach in the country, I, I, that's hard to say. 17-9 and nine over his first two seasons at Texas A&M. He's got a national championship at, at, at Florida State. But arguably, there was separation that was requested by both sides of that Florida State coin. And so... I'm not discrediting uh, Jimbo Fisher. I think he is a good developer. I think he's had some lineage that that lends him to be really good experience-wise with his time at LSU with Saban, with his time at Florida State with Bobby Bowden, his leadership at Florida State, and then now at A&M. But, uh, I mean, he's taken a step back at the running back position because Jay Graham came up to Tennessee. Uh, I think he's – you know, we, along with other people, pluck out of the state of Texas – he has to recruit against Texas, Texas A&M, TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, etc. Uh, 17-9 over the first two years. I think they're giving Kellen Mond, his returning quarterback, a lot of credit for this. That's why they're saying he's a top 10 guy going into the season. But uh, I don't know. He's the only one in the top 10 that I just kind of go, I agree with a lot of these guys. But that one just kind of – I don't know that if he was at 11, I probably don't ask this question. But him being at nine, I'm just like – I almost feel like – Is he the ninth best coach in the country? I feel like they filled in the other spots and they go, oh, oh, wait a minute. We got to get Jimbo on plug, here. <laughs> we got to plug in nine. They gave him a lot of credit for his wins at Florida State. He had like 85 wins. Would you would you disagree with me if I said Gus Malzahn should be nine and, and Jimbo should be 13? Uh, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Malzahn's not won three ACC titles in eight years. He He could have. He's not recruited. Boone, the the thing that helps Jimbo is Jimbo's not top ten every year in recruiting, but Texas you, A&M will spend any amount of money he tells them to. You, you know, you and I could have won two of those ACC championships. 
with that talent. Well, we, what I'm we would have had to just mess it up. What I'm saying is it's Clemson and everybody else in that conference right now. And, and so uh, if you look at and you know you look at Gus Malzahn, he is one of the he's one of a handful of coaches that's ever beat Nick Saban multiple times. Now, granted, when you play him every year, you have opportunities. But he's beat him multiple times. He's got a national championship under his belt, not as the head guy, but with Cam Newton in 2010. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think he's the most fire-fed uh, good coach out there. I mean, the fan base wants him gone every year. But Matt, you talking about on? Yeah, but he just keeps winning. We could put the word weird by both these guys, and you're probably saying, well, why are you doing that? They're giving Jimbo a lot of credit. When he comes in, he's going to be in the top 15. And he's really deep this year. Well, maybe they're just looking at paychecks because Lord knows he's at the top of that oh, list. Oh, gosh. Was what, he 10 mil a year? Oh, it, I was like, where's all that money coming from? And they gave him a new pair of boots. But here's what's weird with Malzahn, Wayno. His offense is – I mean, you watch him in the same game. The offense looks completely brilliant. And then you're like, look at that rinky-dink numbskull out there. Why'd he do that? How can you do that? In the same game. Well, I, I tell you, he he is a he is as good as his play caller on the field. Like if he if he is a and you know he got back to kind of his roots this past year in calling the plays. You know he'd kind of glad to see that he'd kind of given those duties away, and, and so he got back to that. But I think you know when he has a Cam Newton, he's a really good coach, which a lot of people are. But also uh, when he has a guy that's smart and is kind of a second extended coach. He, he coaches really well. But, hey, that's their list, not ours. We just here to bang it up. But we're going to take a break, listen to our fine sponsor. We'll be back with Start Bench Cuts. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. 
To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. Booner, start bench cut is on the docket. we got some good ones in here. Ten minutes to do it, but I've gotten smart, Boone. Uh, I know that that shocks you. You can teach old dogs new tricks. Uh, I have uh, cut start bench cut down to three topics because we usually only get three in, and I don't want to leave them for for chance. So we're going to start with this. So – Star bench cut, and this one's going to be a fun one, just because you know I, I'm a big John Ward fan. I'm a big uh, I'm a big broadcasting fan, et cetera, et cetera. Best Vols football call, and when I say call, like call on the radio, and it's the 1998 when we beat Florida. Pandemonium reigns. It's number one. Uh, the champion is clad in big orange. That came in Tempe, Arizona, when the the Vols were named. Uh, 1998 national champions. And then the next one came in Athens, Georgia. Dobbs heaves it. Jennings caught it. Juwan Jennings. All great calls for Tennessee football. Start one, Boone. Bench one and cut one. John Ward, anything he does, it's it's just – and I left out the uh, the the game against I can't remember who we were playing, but it was when Heath Schuler was uh, the quarterback, and you know he jumps over and kind of face first into the end zone, and he goes and he scores in the downpour, because there was like four inches of rain on the on the turf at the time. And he's drowning, and he'll need some mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I'll never, I'll never, feel, I never forget that because when he was running, every time he would take a step, it was like a wake of water, a wake of water. Joe Namath was tackled in six inches of water and almost drowned one time. That ain't no good. They were really upset that he did not drown. The well, o- Oakland Raiders. It's probably because his stomach was so full of uh, of an adult beverage. <laughs> had some so bubbles. Had some bubbles in it. But anyway, Boone, start one, bench one, cut one. I'm going to start Pandemonium Reigns. I'm going to bench the champion is clad in orange. I'm going to cut Dobbs heaves it. So just for for sheer remembrance, I'm going to start the champion is clad in big orange. Uh, Just because, you know, that's his final call. That's his, you know, that's that's the moment when you could say a lot of things. You could say the 1998 champion is the University of Tennessee, da-da-da-da-da. But it was John Ward at his best. 
the champion is clad in big orange. That's that's a huge moment that that we haven't had. Uh, we hadn't had that in a long time, and we haven't had it since. So that's my start. My bench is actually Dob heaves it because I'm sitting there, and it's for memory's sake only. It's the impact of what happened, I guess that that gave me that. That is my bench, and it's because I'm sitting there, and Laura literally has given up. She has taken the dog out. She said, "I'm I'm done." You know, we, we let them get back because, you know, that was right when Eason had, had laced the corner and they had scored right there with like five seconds to go or something. She's and, avoiding the pain Well, scenario. she just didn't want to watch them celebrate, honestly. And, and so, anyway, I, I benched that one because she heard me. We lived on a second-story apartment at the time, and she heard the thumping of me jumping up and down on that second-story apartment. And me and Neyland – and Jackson, Neelan was a little baby, but Jackson, he didn't know what was going on, but he was excited just like I was. And then so she runs back in and she said, what happened? And we explained. So that's my bench, and that's why it's my bench. Uh, and then I cut pandemonium reins. And the only reason is not because it wasn't a huge moment, not because it wasn't cool for us tearing down the goalpost, not because of all the greatness that that led to, but we've beaten Florida since then, and we'll do it again. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those deals where I love the moment. I thought it was great. I thought looking at Steve Spurrier pull that visor down over his eyes when he walked to meet meet Philip Former was a great moment. But it just couldn't stand to those two shocking and exciting once in a lifetime kind of moments of a national. In team. his mind, he was never going to lose to an individual like any coach like former whatever. well yeah i think i think he ate every loss as as a tough pill to swallow but uh you, you know i i loved i loved that we beat him his last time at, at florida in 01 i loved that we beat him his last time at south carolina and and then would have been his next to last time had he worked the whole season and not quit on his team but i digress but anyway uh we got him every chance he had to leave so Here's my next one. All we got to do food or a movie or something. So I stuck with food. Shocker, I know. Next start bench cut. Girl Scout cookies, Oreos, or candy bar. Five minutes, Boone. We got to get to this last one. I am a titan of the industry. My name is Oreos. <laughs> I could eat 50 of them. Are you, a, are you a thin? You know, they got all these variations now. Are you a thin, a regular, or a double stuff guy. The double stuff, it went crazy. There, there's just something about eating six and being happy. Double six st- double stuffs? No, no. I was like, Lord Boone. The double stuffs, you feel like you ate five and you only ate one. <laughs> Which is not bad. I am a master of the universe because I am a Girl Scout cookie. There's so many of them. My goodness. The chocolate mint, the peanut butter. Uh, the variety, the tagalongs, yeah, had me bench these, and uh, I am going to cut candy bar. There, there's a lot of candy bars, Snickers, Musketeers. I mean, you could go on, but they're they're just a little bit boring compared to the Girl Scout cookies and the favorite Oreos. With You're saying milk. Oreos aren't Oreos aren't boring? It's a chocolate cookie with white filling. But what what do you what do you get? Eat them with milk. And they dissolve. I like the uh, the Oreo cereal that they came out with at that one time. You remember? Never did try that. I mean, you missed. I mean, that's a missing point in your life. You probably need to add that to the list. But uh, here's the thing: I'm going to start Girl Scout cookies 
for variety's sake. I, I like it. I think it's a it's one of those when you anytime you have a season, a Girl Scout cookie selling season, I feel like it's a pretty good thing. You know, it's like the McRib. I hate it, but a lot of people like it. The McRib at McDonald's, like it's a rush on the 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 industry, right? Like you're you're like I got to get 17 boxes of Samoas because I ain't going to it's going to have to last me all year. I, and then what you do is you buy those 17 boxes and then you see somebody at Walmart selling them, well I might as well get two more. Like it is literally like an addiction that I don't see any other candy being able to hold to. I'm going to bench candy bars. And it's just because another one of those variety things. I mean, if I want a little crispy wafer, go with Kit Kat. If you want peanuts, go with Snickers. If you want just chocolate with some little chocolate whatever in it, you go with Musketeer. I mean, and then my favorite candy bar, which nobody really knows about or cares about, a Zero Bar. Like, it's like my favorite thing. You know why? There's a couple reasons I like it. One, they're always available because nobody really knows about them. And two, Laura doesn't like it. So I know if I buy one, it'll stay in the house. Did you ever eat a payday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much just a caramel strip with a bunch of peanuts on it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, though. Uh, and then I'm going to cut Oreos. And, and it's just for the simple fact that... Uh, wow, you cut yeah, my starter. I know. Hey, you know, that's why we do this. That's why we do this. But uh, that's why he's available for you to start, because <laughs> I didn't start him. But, uh, but anyway, uh, so a little bit of variation there. Uh, you start uh, my cut, and then I, uh, I started your bench. So I think that's a little bit of variation there that's good to see. Here's a basketball one, though. Let's get back into sports to finish this thing up. In their prime, who do you want? LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, or Steph Curry? Not all heroes are painted on white stallions, my friend. (laughs) I'm going to start LeBron. Mm, Good pick. I'm going to bench the famous one with dose jersey numbers. And Mr. Curry, he did not get quite to that level, did not stay at it long enough, whatever. He's still playing. I'm going to cut to Kerr, man. Here's what I say. And, and, and you know, I guess it's – and maybe I picking the topics, I kind of – I know where I'm going with it. So it's it's more of a team-building start bench cut. Like, if you wanted to, to kind of build around somebody, who do you want? And here's the thing. That's where Steph Curry – I think your order is exactly right. I think LeBron starts – bench Kobe, and cut Steph Curry. And the reason I say that is is because Curry's a great shooter. But if Curry's all you have, then they're just going to stay out around the perimeter and guard you. And there's you, you keep one big body there at the rim, in between him and the rim, and you've probably got him covered, right? You need somebody that, that can drive to the basket, that can body up with a lot of people, and that's what both LeBron and Kobe were able to do, and LeBron still does. And And – and I think that's what I'm saying with the the start of LeBron is he's he's so versatile he knows how to how to how to dish it to different guys he's a way to he builds around things and then Kobe the greatness that was and like I said two jersey numbers and had multiple championships with each I think when you do something like that you've always got to be uh, in the mix and then of course Steph Curry like I said a shooter one of the greatest shooters maybe ever in the history of the league but not who I would want. As if I if I had to pick first. Do you remember about a year ago he was he was trying to put the dagger in it and it was a must hit shot and he kept missing in the playoffs and and the word came out Larry Bird wouldn't have missed those shots. Larry Bird didn't miss those shots. But uh, but anyway, good start bench cut today. Good show today, Boone. If they if they didn't know before, they know now. But Boone, we're on our way out. It's going to be a great weekend. 
stay warm. It's going to be cold, but if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.